Salutations. Well, hello. Hi, Holly. Hi, Dave. What is going on with your bad self? Hey, welcome back from the Grand Canyon. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I know this will air a little while after you got back, but well, still. years and years and you're- years after when we review this, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I did do the yeah. Grand Canyon. But you're recuperated, right? I don't have to cover for you or anything today? Uh, no, unfortunately, I don't have to walk through the podcast <laughs> landscape. Although we are kind of traversing through this, but yes. uh, yeah. But not with our legs. I can just use my mouth. Welcome. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Welcome back. G- good to be here. <laughs> Safe and sound. And welcome to What Difference Does It Make? Everyone else. And what the hell is this? <laughs> what the heck is What Difference Does It Make? What Difference Does It Make is a, a podcast about 80s music and other you, things like 80s pop culture. You have a new tagline that we introduced last week, and I actually made some changes because it used to be 80s music and beyond. Yes. And then you said, the Everything 80. 80, we talk about everything 80s, but mostly music. That's exactly what I put on the website. Oh, excellent. So check out our website. Check it out, and you can see Dave's change. <laughs> you read words. It's com. Please sign up. With your email address, um, and uh, we will reward you with uh, lovely content. We're putting it together, and I, I think we'll probably do like a weekly newsletter of just things that went on in the 80s on mm. this date in history, little videos, and hopefully uh, little nuggets too. Uh, yes, and we promised we'll make it fun so you don't regret signing up. It, it will be welcome content. Maybe put a smile on your face, hopefully. <laughs> like, oh. Bill, 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 crap, 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 another Bed Bath & Beyond, another Amazon deal. Oh, look. Here's some 80s content. Oh. And the smiling faces of Dave and Holly. There you go. You can always rely on the smiling faces. Smiling, smiling faces. Uh, no singing on the oh my email. God. Did we harmonize we there? promise. Ah, <laughs> Sounded ah. like it to me. Oh, yeah. Like the Brady Bunch. Yeah. If it sounded like that to uh, to me, these headphones must be magic. Or yeah, the mics. They are magical. Yeah. Um, okay, so we are 80s. We talk about mostly music, and we do talk a lot about K-Rock, and we do talk a lot about the year. We take apart uh, each year. Bit by bit. Bit by bit. We are currently at 1983, and we are um, heading downhill. Now. We are mid-1983. We really are. We're going through the 106.7... Top songs of 1983. As uh, published by K-Rock, the rock of the 80s in Los Angeles. Yes. And this was back in 1983. They have an updated list. They have the 80 top, top songs, songs of, of the ni- year of each year. So that means there are 26.7 songs that were missing. Eliminated. Eliminated. Usually I test Holly on uh, whether these songs are there or not. Um, this week, because we're heading towards the top of the peak, there's one song that is not on this list. Each podcast, we go through 10 songs at a time. Right now, we start at number 50. We will go to number 41, uh, and that will be our podcast for this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's only one song that has not been included, oh. and I think it's going to be fairly obvious. So I won't even test her out on this. Just assume that every song is on there, and then maybe one song you'll say, hey, I don't think this song is on there. I'm going to blurt it out. Okay. I Not will, yet. I'm going to blurt it out as we go. I will allow you to blurt it out when the time has come. Thank you. We are recording. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm just, I'm supposed to be double checking you. Okay. You're always double checking my work. <laughs> yes. I, that's probably for the best. Yes. Nice job. Yes. That's, Shouldn't you? I would. I appreciate you checking my work as well. Okay, excellent. Well, I mean, not that you'd ever find anything wrong with it, but ex- I appreciate you checking it for sure. 
Okay, so we start at number 50, and what is this song? And tell me about it, <laughs> Holly. This song is UB40's Red Red Wine. Yes. From Labor of Love, but all right. I'm outing myself. I'm going to out myself right now. I. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, and you probably I, knew this. I, I don't know where you were going with this. Okay, this song was first recorded by Neil Diamond. Yes. You never knew that? No! As a member of the tribe, you should know that Neil Diamond has recorded Red Red Wine and and wrote, what else did he write? What, did, what song did he write for the monkeys? That's right. I'm a believer. <laughs> so you should know these. these Insert are, here. <laughs> good job. No, I did not. Okay, I know. I've totally outed myself. Should, I can't believe it. should and out myself. So yes, not only am I a member of the tribe, I'm a member of my graduating class of 1983, and we were all these, you know, big Neil Diamond fans. But we all love Neil Diamond, and mm-hmm. of course, everyone knows that Neil Diamond wrote this song. So did you go back? No, everybody doesn't know that. Everybody but me knew that. Did you go back and listen to it? Did you like, oh my God, Neil Diamond yeah. cut this song. I should give it a listen. Did you give it a listen? Uh, it's in the queue. <laughs> or, Isn't know, that terrible? Sure. I ran out of time. I, ran, I did run out of time this week, but, right. but uh, I, it, it is in the queue. And I will listen to it. I promise you. It was not a big hit for him. No, it was not. I I, I know that because probably I would have known about it if it was a big hit. But <laughs> have you ever seen Neil Diamond perform? Not in person. No. Okay. Because he does I do know. this song. It's a, He does the oh. UB40 version now. It's kind of uh, an homage because the original version kind of flopped. Yeah. I think it's one of his favorite versions is this uh, Red Red Wine. He does say that. Yes. He does say that. He did. did I did read that somewhere. No. <laughs> He told me when I called him for this. Okay, uh, I need confirmation. Yeah, no, I did. I read something about him, uh, an interview. But yeah, it was one of his favorites. Like with all Neil Diamond songs, a lot of lot of different covers. And so when UB40 discovered it, obviously they were like you. Not obviously, <laughs> but yeah, they were like you in that they had not, they did not realize that Neil Diamond had written it. Right. Okay. Yes. This was this was back in 1988 or 83. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, as I read in this, they saw, they knew of a version by this artist, Tony Tribe. Yes, and uh, it, but they did it in, they did it in 1969. That was a, right. Right, okay. Tony Tribe's version was in 1969. Neil Diamond wrote it in 67. Right. Okay, so then, um, so UB40 decides to do a cover of it, and they see that it was written by N. Diamond. Someone know. Jamaican. They, they thought it was the, someone Jamaican. Right, because he... Tony Tribe did a reggae version of the song. That's what appealed to uh, to the UB40. So UB40 thought it was Negus Diamond. The song came out in '83 by UB40 mm-hmm. and didn't do did okay. And of course, the record label gets involved as they do. You know how you hear you make me feel so fine. You keep me rocking all the time. They that was the original version did not have that little rap version in there. Oh. And it was... Uh, Wait, the original UB40 version? The original their first, UB, when they first recorded it. The original UB40 version in 1983. Okay. They edited it out. They edited that part out? Yes, because, you know, rap is scary in 1983. Yes, especially from UB40. Yeah, but it did... <laughs> um, but it, it actually, it did reach number one on the UK charts in 83, and number 34 in the United States in 84, cut to 1988... And what happens is, do you know what? Number ha- one. It goes to number one. Thanks yeah. to, we'll say. Guy Zapolian. Okay. This jock uh, heard the song uh, with the rap version and he played it and he thought it was a hit. And 
Lo and behold, <laughs> when you played it, the phones lit up, which happened back in the 80s. <laughs> yes, the phones actually lit up. Phones lit up. <laughs> so, um, and then after that, it became a number one song in the U.S. Yeah. Kind of fun. I, that is fun. <laughs> now, whenever I think of UB40, I think of Brett Kavanaugh. And apparently, allegedly, he threw ice at someone who he thought looked like the lead singer of UB40 yep. after the UB, after he attended a UB40 concert. Do you like you do like the song though? Um, it's funny. I like the song. I don't love the song. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, it's good. I, but I am. I wonder if I'm going to love. Am I going to love the Neil Diamond version? The version from '67 sounds like it comes from the '60s. You know, it's of that time. So. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff, but it's a good song of just, you know, a guy who's drowning his sorrows. Yeah. In red, red, white. Do you, uh, do you like the song? Yeah. 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 It's, it's a good, good song. Okay. Uh, can I, I'm going to out myself again. Oh my God. All right. All right. Are we going to the next song? Okay. No. Okay. No, I'm going to out myself with one more, one more Neil Diamond oh, thing. A little, okay. A little nugget of diamond. Yeah. All right. So Cracklin' Rosie. Yeah. Which I I know the song. I, I love the song. Yeah. It's about red wine. Okay. Is that true? Apparently, people write songs about yeah. alcohol beverages. Alco- How did I never? I never. So is this the lyrics supposedly sing the praises of wine and its ability to make you forget your problems? Well, which I, we, I love that. We know. There we go. We know that's true, but I, I never put the, <laughs> the lyrics of Cracklin' Rosie together. I guess you didn't either. There is. I... Never thought of it like that. But as we go further down this podcast, we might discover that people write other songs about alcohol. Oh, well. This is exciting. A little teaser to to keep, keep, stay tuned, everybody. That's super exciting. All right. This song now has been moved up. It was number 50. It's now number 47 on the K-Rock charts. Oh, so I'm guessing this one is still on the list. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will. I'm just, I mean, obviously this is. I know. Okay. Uh, There will be, it will be fairly obvious when we get to it. Um, okay, so we have yet another cover. Did yeah. you know that? Did you know that this is a cover song? Yes, of course I knew this was the cover. Okay, so this is Susie and the Banshees, Dear Prudence. However, I did not know who the song was about. Did you? I Yes, I'm kind of a Beatles uh, fan. Oh, okay. so. well, but go ahead and tell me. <laughs> Well, maybe tell our audience. Maybe you know more. No, if well, you just read this, so this is exciting for you. So share your enthusiasm. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the song. I, I love the song and I love Susie. But yes, of course I knew it was a cover. I even knew I even knew it was a cover back then. Do you know what album it was on? Oh. <laughs> Ooh. No. Okay. Do tell. It's on the white album. Oh. Is I it a Paul? Is it a Paul or is it a John song? Oh, it's a John song. Or is it a George song? Oh. Well, George you just threw in, but I I'm I would say George. No, it's a John George. song. Okay. <laughs> okay. You tricked me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's about Mia Farrow's sister, Prudence. Mm-hmm. Farrow. Prudence Farrow. <laughs> she liked to meditate. Yeah. She was really into meditating. Yeah. Before everyone at this retreat that they did with the Maharishi. Yes. Uh, yeah. the, the Beatles were all there. Yeah, that must have been a time. In India, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell I, me I think why it was, John Lennon. I think wrote it was song. because she was she was meditating so much, <laughs> or she was rushing out to meditate. They're like, "Come on!" <laughs> I think they were tempting her with like, "Come on out and let's uh, let's hang out." 
I think it was a little. Oh, bad. okay, okay. Possibly. Huh? Who knows? Because because I had read that she'd suffered from de- su- suffered from depression. I'm sure that was part of it. I mean, meditating helps. Good. Well, for for some. For some. Mm-hmm. So, but we're talking about the Beatles version of the song, but really, we should be talking about Susie's version of the song. Okay. What else? What can you, you tell look? me? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who the guitarist is in the on this song on this particular track? The guitarist in Susie and the Banshees, John. Uh, was not able to uh, to perform due to his uh, abuse of certain of alcohol, which apparently maybe he was enjoying the red red wine or the crackling Rosie a little too much. Well, so who sat in for him? As much as I I love Susie's band, I prefer the 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 guy who stepped in personally, uh, Robert Smith. That's You've correct. heard of him? Okay, very good. So you do know that? I do know that. Do you know why they picked this particular song? Mm, I do not. I mean, it was their second Beatles cover. Yes. What was the first one? Helter Skelter. Okay. That wasn't okay. a question. Helter okay. Skelter. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. But no, why? Oh, well, so the all of the uh, the Banshees and Susie were fans of the White Album, mm-hmm. all except for uh, this guy named Robert Smith. He, didn't, he was not a fan of the White Album? Not a fan of the White Album. He knew one song, and that song is Dear Prudence. And that's why they chose it. Oh, Wow. Um, Smith says that uh, John Lennon's version sounds a bit unfinished. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, so they did that version. They did a version of it. Uh, and actually, uh, Robert Smith's sister, Janet, plays harpsichord on it. Oh, yes. It's a family uh, a family a, affair. It is a family affair. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool in that they, they make it a little more creepy than uh, than the hippie version of the Beatles. What would you call it? There's, there is it. I don't know if I would have said creepy. It's gothy. It's gothy. Yeah. Okay. It's gothy. It's darker. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's very cool. We kind of moved up. You know, Red Red Wine was number 47. And now uh, Dear Prudence is now number 46. Back in the day, it was at number 49. So these songs have moved up three spots. That moves us up to number 48, which is now number 45 on the updated list. Oh. This Des- is deservedly so. Are you a big Echo and the Bunnymen fan? Yeah, are you excited? They're uh, they're going to be playing the the Cruel World Fest. Yeah, I I think that would be that would be very fun to see. So this is the cutter. This is the cutter. Spare us the cutter. Spare us. <laughs> Spare us the cutter. Yeah, it's also kind of a uh, like a dear Prudence, and that's yeah. you know it's gothy and. Susie should be playing this cruel world fest. Yeah, probably she would. She would fit in. Do you think that this these lyrics were were influenced by Clockwork Orange? I had read that, but I. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, can you spare us some cutter me brothers? <laughs> That's in the in the from the uh, from the movie. Okay. So I saw. I, I had read. So cutter is British slang for spare change. Did oh, you know okay. that? Oh, we didn't learn that for Dan McGrath while he was here. I did not know that. No. Yeah, I didn't either. Interesting. It's funny. I was reading, I actually wrote down this, you know, I think one song goes into the other. We're talking uh, Echo and the Bunnymen and Susie and the Banshees and their mixing of hippie and goth. Yeah. Anyway, this journalist described the song that says it successfully wed the Eastern influenced psychedelic sounds made famous by the Beatles. The Eastern strings re-enter at strategic points, filling in space between verses and Ian McCulloch's esoteric pleas to spare us the cutter. The track never loses steam, cruising through each section with power and grace. And so 
I wrote that down because I like. I yeah, think that's, that's a very accurate description. It is. It is indeed. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to uh, hopefully we'll we'll get to go to this cruel world yeah. fest and see this because I'm excited. Um, so if Echo only gets to play a couple of songs, they'll this they should sure, play oh, this for sure. Oh yeah, they will. How can I you not? I love the song. This song has good energy. Good like. Good vibe, good energy. Yeah, Killing yeah. Moon, The Cutter, come on. Yeah. How can you go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Try. Yeah. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Do you have any more donuts? <laughs> <laughs> I would really love a donut break right now. Okay, let's go get some donuts, and we'll be right back. Hey, guess what? We're back. Let's get back into it. Wait, that was a question. We're back. Okay. Post donuts. For sure. All right. So now we move into um, oh, yeah. <laughs> the Rebel Yell of Billy Idol. Yes. This is now number 44 on the updated list, but uh, back in the day, it was at number 47. The Rebel. I, I didn't realize that this was from the Civil War. There was an actual Rebel Yell. Yeah. Were you except that that's not where he got it from a, a brand of whiskey? Oh, he took it. I'm, so I guess maybe the whiskey was named after the rebel yell. So this is the song that is based on another alcoholic beverage. <laughs> yeah, because we got some red, red wine and some bourbon. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess uh, he, he was at an event with the, with the Stones <laughs> and they were sharing swigs of a bottle called Rebel Yell. Yep. And yeah, he was not familiar with the brand, but he liked the name and decided to write a rebel yell song. <laughs> However, so, I mean, do you read these lyrics and you think it's, it sounds like a woman? I mean, I thought for sure that this was a song about taking a woman to bed, but it is, but it's, but it's, I don't know. It could be interpreted now that I know that it's about a alcoholic beverage. Like this guy really likes his beverages. This is it. It's a love song to this alcoholic beverage. I think. Okay. Well, I, I read, and again, I guess we'll have to, to uh, put our heads together on this one because I had uh, read that it was about a, a passionate one night stand with a woman who wants more, more, more. Could be. Maybe she wants more, more, or more, more whiskey. Rebel yell. Yeah. yeah. Initially, I mean, it said last night a little dancer came dancing to my door. Last night a little angel came pumping across my floor. She said, come on, baby. I got a license for love. And if it, it expires, pray help from above. So, so that could be, it's vague enough. It's, <laughs> I mean, when you initially read that, like, well, of course it's a woman. But, but, but maybe it is something else. But think else. how many songs, that love songs that you, you think are about a woman, but are actually about drugs. Yeah, I know. In the midnight hour, cry more, more, more. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Could be I alcohol, could, could, could be a woman. Either. Yeah. <laughs> They're both temptresses. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, did you hear about this song, about Sesame Street? They parodied this song? Oh, really? Rebel L. And what was that song about? <laughs> it was t- alphabet, teaching kids the al- when they were and doing L alphabet. And L is a rebel song? Rebel L. L, L is, <laughs> what, what starts with L that's uh, re- rebellious? Loneliness, liquor, mm. lust, you know, all the fun. All, all the kid all, things. All, all the, the kid things. All the Sesame Street watching. Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll look that up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, are you a Strokes fan? Not so much. Oh, okay. You are, they, I know, right? Yeah, they just put out a new record, a new single. They're slowly releasing songs. 
Um, they gave credit to Billy Idol for um, because they feel like their song, this so- this new song that was released called Bad Decisions, sounds exactly like Dancing with Myself. So it was kind of oh. it's, a, it's kind of a uh, it's a fun song, but yeah, when you hear it, and then like oh yeah, that does sound like uh, like Billy Idol's Dancing with Myself. Well, it's good that they so gave th- him. Yeah, yeah, they gave him credit for that. Well, actual credit or just a shout out? No, actual credit, <laughs> songwriting credit, yes. of course. Excellent. Uh, moving on to uh, number 46. What do you got? Oh, it's Tears for Fears, Change. You Can Change. Is yeah. it You Can or You Can't Change? I can't remember. You oh, Can Change. You Can Change. Oh. Very positive. Okay. <laughs> Reading about this, uh, yes. Ro- Roland says it's not really about much. It's just one of those cheap pop lyrics. Yeah. I don't mind that. That might bother some people. But Nothing wrong with that. No, it's a great <laughs> It's great talk. It's a great song. Um, you know what makes it great though? It's got some uh got some marimba in there. <laughs> that does make it great. It's that is only one of the things that makes it great. The instrument of nineteen eighty three. The marimba, as we've learned. You got your gone daddy gone, your love plus one, and your change. <laughs> marimba. Go marimba. Go marimba. This were you a big Tears for Fears? Uh yeah, this was a great album and uh yeah I, we're gonna be talking more about tears for fears as we go further down this chart but yes, this was no. um this was a great song i thought it was just uh the drumming and of course the marimba but uh, <laughs> but there's there's a lot of elements and it sounds like there's a lot going on in there and i i, I it was that, that one definitely caught my attention back in 83 and still holds up i think yeah they're great and their voices were so great together everything about them they're phenomenal yeah, there's there were a couple other songs from this album. The uh, what was it called? The hurting. This is the hurting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was their debut, the hurting, and so uh, we'll be talking a lot about this song, or about. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, a couple of these other songs that were on this list further down the road. Oh, this is such a great album. Yeah. Right, <laughs> I didn't just discover that. I knew that, Apparently but I was just reminded did. of a couple of songs <laughs> that were on it because I was thinking ahead to um, Seeds of Love. Was oh, that's after this. Yes, yes, that's in like '88. So we'll get there. Yeah, I know. One day. Okay, so yeah, Tears for Fears is kind of an entry uh, song. I think this was their first single from this album. Was What's this song, it? Was this song before Mad World and Hell right. Shelter? Yeah. Okay. So this, no, this Mad was, World was the first single. All right. This was the this was the only song from the album to chart on the U.S. charts, and that uh, made it all the way up to number seventy three. Okay. But, okay. Uh, well, that makes sense. But Mad World was released before it. Okay. It just didn't chart. Uh, not in the U.S. Just so hard to believe. But it got played on K-Rock, and yeah, yeah. That, that was a song. That was a game changer. Um, okay, so of course, this is still on the list. It's at number 43. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now we move on to number 45. Uh, this is The Police, Synchronicity 2. Still on the list now at number 42, and you're ready to say something? Go ahead. Okay, Totally off synchronicity for just one moment. Okay. This is the first week with, with all these, I don't know what it is, if it's my state of mind or with all these new entries, that every time we mention a song, I just can't, it, uh, the whole song just goes through my head. I feel like I'm on, there's that new show, the Zoe's playlist. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I haven't either, but just from what <laughs> I've read about it. um, I just can't help, you know, I just want to start, I want to burst into song every time we move to a new song. So you... Do you remember the difference between number two and number one? I, I it took me a second to uh, 
because there was synchronicity. Yeah. And, and number two, do you remember? So if you said like without looking at the lyrics, can you sing number number two to me? Synchronicity two. I'm not going to sing it for you. Don't okay, get do me you, to. But yes, I can hear it in my head. And how's it go? Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. But you do know the Wait. difference. Yeah. Synchronicity 2 is the one about uh, shouting above the din of our Rice Krispies. Oh, is that what it's about? No, it's, you know, about family life. It, it's just kind of being in a rut, it sounds like, you know, I think, and um, living the day-to-day dreary life. Yeah. So what, this isn't so- one of my favorite uh, police songs, but... Uh, but it was a it was a big big hit. This was their last album, so you know, enjoy it while you can. <laughs> Had we known. and I did, we did yeah. enjoy it. And do we know what synchronicity means? Please tell me. I mean, just <laughs> things working in order or something, right? Isn't that something like that? Synchro- it, like a clock. That's the, the layman's term. Okay. The, I mean, the layman's explanation. It is the theory that seemingly coincidental events are connected through their meaning. Do you know who coined the term? Sting. <laughs> I know you'd like to think so, but Carl Jung. Carl Jung. He, he created it. He created the term as a way to explain paranormal events. This was, you know, Sting. I guess he must have gone through a Carl Jung stage or something like that. Oh, sure. Yeah, because he's a big believer in synchronicity. <laughs> but and you other love this, things. Okay. <laughs> but you love this song more than I do, I guess. Um, I like the song a lot, yes. I do like King of Pain better if we're comparing songs from... <laughs> Synchronicity. No, there are a lot of a lot of good yeah. stuff on. Yeah, was, that's a good way to go out. Just create the like the great yeah. a great album and then just end it all. You know, like the Beatles. Abbey Road, <laughs> done. Bye bye. Bye bye. No more. You think that was their intent? For the police? Did you? Or the Beatles? Yes, for both. Yeah. that's the story behind Abbey Road. It was like, all right, let's get in the studio mm-hmm. and and do it like we used to do it. Yeah. And uh, and then say bye bye. I don't know if that was initially what. The thought was, but that was, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure the police went through similar phases like our, you know, everyone was moving in other directions at that time. I think it was a little more contentious. The Beatles? No, the police. Really? I don't know. Nothing's more contentious than the Beatles. I don't know if I would have called that contentious. Oh, totally. All right. Don't get me me started. Oh yeah. There were, there were huge issues (laughs) everywhere. Um, it's tough. It's a marriage, right? You know, yeah. trying to get four people to, to get along. By the way, as we go back on the, the marriage or breaking up, bands breaking up, who is not, who did not play on Dear Prudence, the Beatles version? Who did not play on Dear Prudence? You have four Wait. choices. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you who did not play on Dear Prudence. Are you cheating? This uh, can is I not cheat, an op- please? This is not an open book test. Why? Just throw out a name. Paul. No. It was George. No. Ringo? Ringo. Ringo had left the band at that time. He had quit oh. the band. He was done. Through with the band. So who played drums? There was no drummer on there on that song. On the Beatles version? Yeah, no drummer on that version. But God, uh, you would think I, I how could I call myself a fan? I can't a, if I don't know right. this stuff. No worries. Wow. But yeah, so like a couple of weeks Ringo had left the band thinking that oh. uh it was, uh, he was done. He was fed up, so he left. He was already getting his all-stars together? No. Not yet. <laughs> so that was, uh, yeah, bands breaking up, alcohol going on. I mean, you know. Egos, just egos. We got, uh, yeah, this podcast is all tied together with covers and alcohol yeah. and breaking up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously most of these bands have broken up, but this this chunk of 10 bands has, has a always, few stories. We always find a theme somehow. Yeah. <laughs> breakups. Breakups. All right. Mm-hmm. 
So, the, okay, so yeah, that song is now number 42 on the charts. Uh, at the time, back in 1983, it was 45. That's The Police's Synchronicity 2. And we move on to number 44. This is The Fix's Save by Zero, which has moved up four spaces to number 40 now on the current K-Rock chart. Only got to number 20 back in the day. All right. That's pretty good, actually, for The Fix, for a, a, for a band that's like The Fix. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? I don't know. I mean, Save. it's good on them. Was this their, this wasn't their biggest hit? It's funny. Uh, Red Skies might have been bigger. No, Red no, Skies no. We're thinking of uh, we're missing one song. Um, it's funny. You see, this is another one. You just refer to them as the band, which I know that they are a band. But just like sometimes I refer to Maroon Five as Adam Levine, I only think of Cy Kernan when I when I think about the fix. Which you should. Yeah. Um, no. One thing leads to another. Reached oh, number four. That was big. In, in 83. So yeah. I think we'll be talking a little bit about more about uh, the fix later. You gave in, it away? 83. You just gave it away. I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe Dang. I didn't. Oh, that was a, you, you're not, we weren't looking at the K Rock chart. No. Okay. No, that reached number, that's on the Billboard charts. Right. You're uh, confusing our audience. So as you talk about Cy Kernan, you, I have a fun fact about Cy Kernan. Do tell. Okay. You know the band Simple Minds? Um, very familiar with Simple Minds. Okay. Do you know the song? What's what first? What's the song that comes to mind when you think of Simple Minds? Don't you forget about me? Yes. Okay. So back in '83, I guess I'm sure when before Breakfast Club came out, um, there was a um, producer wrote the song with the Simple Minds in in, uh, in mind. He wrote the song for the Simple Minds, and he gave it to Jim Kerr, and he's like. No, this sounds like something that's. I'm not interested in this. this that the th- fix might do. This, well, well <laughs> oh, did I ruin the story? That's a, no, oh, it's fine. But he, um, <laughs> sorry, but yeah. So he went up to. Uh, so Simple Minds and Jim Kerr was like, no, this just sounds like uh, someone who tried to emulate the Simple Simple Minds, and uh, I don't, I, I don't think we're going to do this song. I don't want to do this. Oh, so this producer brought it to uh, the song "Don't You Forget About Me" to Brian Ferry. He brought it to Billy Idol, and he brought it to Cy Kernan. All of them turned turned it down. However, I could imagine those are all good choices. It would have been a lot different. I can imagine Billy Idol singing, "Don't you?" Yes, I can hear. I can hear the voice, but I can't hear the fix doing it for some reason. Oh, yeah. Well, it said it didn't say Cy Kernan. Um, it didn't say the fix. It said Cy Kernan. Okay. okay. So I think maybe they just. Brought it to him is like, oh, you interested in doing this? Oh, song? interesting. So he could have he could have done it, but they all passed. And then he went brought it back to uh, <laughs> to, to Jim, Jim Kerr, Kerr, and then he's like, fine, I'll do it. And the rest is history. <laughs> yes, it is. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So there's your uh, fixed trivia that I have. That's a very that's that's a great tidbit. Yeah. Thank you. They passed up on history and simple mind. I mean, the fix could be the simple minds now. Yeah. You know, you could be like, you know, thinking, "Wow, the fix were are my favorite band now." <laughs> no. And don't you forget about me? It's so iconic by oh. the fix. Um, so yeah, this is still on the charts. It moved up to number forty. So this brings me to my asterisk. Yep. As we as we've mentioned, we go through the the K Rock playlist the. The 1983 one and the updated list. What's now inserted in between the police and Save by Zero, Synchronicity 2 and the fixes Save by Zero 
is The Violent Femmes, Blister in the Sun. Ah, very good. So that moves into number 41. And I actually emailed Freddie Snakeskin to ask him, why was the why was Violent Femmes, Blister in the Sun not on this list? And so he responded by saying, K-Rock, for whatever reason, didn't actually start playing them until a few years later. 1983 was much more of a synth pop year for us. Not to the exclusion of other things by design, but with so much music flowing into the station back then, sometimes they just slipped through the proverbial cracks. That's very interesting because that's a very distinct differentiation. Because if you would have asked me about the violent fan, about Blister in the Sun, mm-hmm. I would have thought I remembered hearing it back then. You know, I would remember that it was of the time for me mm-hmm. for years later. But I didn't realize. So you're so what he's saying is K Rock didn't play that much Violet Femmes? They didn't play any Violet Femmes back then. Huh. Yeah. We okay. I think we discovered Violent Femmes probably through college radio. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're probably well, I started college in nineteen eighty three. So there you go. That's, <laughs> yeah, they were very much an uh college yeah. indie rock band. Yeah. Okay. Well. So so now K Rock has uh has <laughs> co opted them <laughs> yeah. for nineteen eighty three. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, this was a song back then. We didn't play it, but now we do. Yeah. Oh, Our okay. bad. Yeah, exactly. There this is, is your asterisk, right? Is this what you're about to Yeah, hit? the blister in the sun. Yes. That was, and that leads me to number 43, Bill Nelson Acceleration. Is this on the updated list? Of course not. No, this is not on the updated <laughs> list. This is the one song that's not on their updated list. But I, know, I can understand why Freddie Snakeskin played it. Were you familiar with uh, Bebop Deluxe? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is from like I, the set. This is kind of like uh, the King Crimson of the time. Yeah. Bebop Deluxe, King Crimson, but um, just an art rock band. I didn't put that together that with him with Bebop Deluxe until yeah. I, and then it all kind of came back to me. That was that's a band that I almost I, like last night. I almost stayed up too late because I was listening oh. to Bebop Deluxe and like, oh my god, this is some, this is some good stuff. Yeah. That's a that's great. I mean, if you like. Roxy Music and T Rex and all yeah, that, all that uh, glam rock stuff. They were the, of that uh, sound, and you know, you love the nineteen seventy two, the seventy five. It's yeah, it's really good stuff. I think maybe you should stick a as a as an extra added bonus Bebop Deluxe on the on the list. Okay, we right. could do that. Yeah, but, you got something? Uh, oh no! Hey, did you did you know that he produced uh, Gary Newman's nineteen eighty three album Warriors? Oh, okay. Yeah. Gary Newman himself said Bill Nelson was his favorite guitar player, bar none. Nice. However. Oh, what? There's a caveat? Yes. <laughs> He's my favorite guitarist, however. <laughs> no, they, 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 didn't, uh, keep, they didn't maintain a working relationship. And ultimately, uh, Nelson chose not to be credited for his production role on the album. That's pretty extreme. Yeah, I would say so. So you really wonder what went on, right? Yeah, that is something. <laughs> <laughs> That's what is, Think about what would have to happen in order for you to not take credit for yeah. your as a producer on the album. Used to, what's, there's a name I'm going to look it up, but when a um, when a director does not want to be associated with the movie anymore, Alan Smithy. Thank you. You're wow, welcome. you had that at the ready. <laughs> I These am, things this is random. You constantly surprise me, Holly. <laughs> wow. Yes. So Alan Smithy. So the he yeah. Alan Smithy this this uh, this album. Yeah. Nice. All right. Yes. So proud of you. <laughs> See, you say that as if I know nothing. No. <laughs> we're both the I same. I am a where fountain we of knowledge. I understand that. But when it comes to like 
in that instant of thinking of a name, we're like, Deer in the headlights. Yeah, oh my God. Every time. No, we Alan Smith, somehow Alan Smithy comes up quite a bit in the Gantos household. I don't know why. Wow. Okay. Very good. All right. So, (laughs) So yes, he Alan Smithied. Love uh, it. Gary Uh, Newman's album. Okay. So that is, uh, that song is no longer on the K Rock list, but it'll be on our Spotify playlist. Yes. And on our, on our website that you can access, WDDIMpodcast.com. Please sign up. <laughs> All right. So now we go to um, B-52s, which is number 42, and it's the Whammy Kiss. We talked a lot about Whammy in a few <laughs> few episodes back, which was a lot of fun. We did. I, I, I have decided, just so you know, from here on out, I am letting you cover all Athens, Georgia bands. <laughs> oh. Okay, so just give it to me. There's nothing more to add. I mean, the, <laughs> this song was uh, made number nine on the U.S. dance charts. And, you know, it's got the, mm-hmm. the classic line, come on, mammy, throw me that whammy. <laughs> oh, Fred Schneider. Yeah. See, he wasn't on, um, see, again, I can't remember the song we, we uh, um, Legal Tender. Ha- legal Tender, thank you. You're welcome. Wow, you're, you're covering for me today. Wow. I think. <laughs> and we're not even in my prime time right now. Right. I think we've, we've I bypassed my prime time. Could be the Grand Canyon still affecting my, my, uh, the oxygen getting the to air. my. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, cover for you. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, the, uh, the B-52s, whammy kiss, beautiful. Love it. I actually saw they're, they're playing uh, as always. They're playing this summer at the bowl. Yeah. So you're going to go. I might. Yeah, that That's always, fun. it's always a good time. Yeah. They're always a good time. How can you not have a good time at their shows? I can't imagine. I know. I love I love all of them. They're amazing. Okay. Oh, so that brings us to another. So that's number 38, which mm-hmm. means that there was one song that was at number 39 that was not on this list. And it's another big band that was that's surprising. I think this version that they played would be a live version that this band played in Colorado <laughs> it's you too. Yes. Which song? 83? Yeah. So it can't be bad. No. Can't be 40? No. It's Sunday Bloody Sunday. Oh. So okay. I don't I don't know if this is the version from in Under 83 cuz War came out in 83. Yeah. Okay. So this is again I I will defer to Freddie who says it was synth pop time and um okay. Sunday Sunday Bloody Sunday is clearly not that. So maybe they didn't play Sunday Bloody Sunday back in 83, which is hard to believe. Which also seems impossible. But it was not. It's not on the list. It's not on the old 83 list. Crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that... Uh, that I can't explain. Be- that would be the only explanation. Yeah. So it's good to good to get some uh, some feedback from Freddie on that. Okay. Good so- for you for reaching out. Oh, I, I try. You know, I do my due yeah. diligence. You do. Final song of our podcast uh, this... This episode. Number 41. Correct. <laughs> More parentheses. That's true. <laughs> so, but which way do the parentheses go? Well, it's called Whisper to a Scream, and in parentheses, it's called Birds Fly. Or, However, in some countries, it was Birds Fly, parentheses, Whisper to a Scream. Is that true? That is super which true. Others. <laughs> Dave, if you can't tell me which kind. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. In You're right. In the UK, it was Birds Fly, and then Whisper to a Scream was in parentheses. Thank you. And it, and it, it charted twice in the UK. In, it only reached number 89 in its release in 1983, but 52 released the following year. 
So, yeah, much like Redwood Wine, the songs <laughs> come out again, yeah. re-release. A lot of themes in this uh, this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the way you're stringing them together. I try and find uh, how it all ties together. Well, do you know the connection to the Beatles? Wow, go ahead. This is exciting. Please tell me. They're from Liverpool. Oh, okay. Love it. Yeah. All right. Another <laughs> Liverpoolian band. Liverpoolian. Well, Liverpoolian. Is that right? Yes. Are Echo and the Bunnymen from Liverpool? I am looking it up right now. Echo and the Bunnymen are from Liverpool. Oh, so they are Liverpoolians also. We are a lot of Liverpool talk, a lot of Liverpool bands, oh. bands that break up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting. That um, Even though it feels like a K-Rock song, it, it made it onto the mainstream rock charts at 15. Mm-hmm. Kind of it crossed over. It, it kind of had that, it has like that bow, wow, wow, percussive yeah. feel. And, you know, a little Tears for Fears, actually, if you think about it. Yeah. 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 But it's definitely K-Rock to me. I would never, oh. I, I, if you wouldn't, if you didn't say that it had charted on mainstream rock, I don't know that I would have guessed. Right. Do you know why they, uh, they reversed the parentheses? Explain. Here? Please. Do you know? I Please explain. <laughs> you are the, oh, you say you don't know. I am, you're the I one. I'm a fountain of knowledge. You no, are. that's not, that's really not true. They reversed the parentheses so it would be easier to find in record stores. That makes sense. Here, in the United States. Okay. Birds, because yeah. you look up, you look, what, easier to look up birds fly than uh, than whisper to a scream? Oh, because everyone hears whisper to a scream. Cause no, yeah. Because you don't hear birds fly. I don't think That's of birds a, fly. Right. If you, if you, if you had said, if oh, you, you know the song I, by the Ice Cold Works, uh, Birds Fly? It's like, <laughs> nope, don't know that. No, it's definitely whisper to a scream. I mean, people know, because. Yeah, they say it in the chorus. Yeah. Uh, it's time for our quiz book, <laughs> and you have to ask the questions to me. So you can show off more of your knowledge. Because last week, as I remember, yep. you uh, failed to remember who uh, U2, oh, what uh, U2's debut album was called. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not that I'm throwing that back at you. Yeah, well, you should. You <laughs> should. That's horrifying. Yeah. I said October, right? You did. Yeah. Boy, I'm embarrassed. Let's see what okay. uh, we can embarrass me on. Yeah, nothing. There's nothing. I don't know. I, I seem to have uh, lost a lot of oxygen <laughs> in the past <laughs> well, week. Well, I, I see you're getting your second wind. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who had hit in 1983 with the song Joanna? That would be, oh, uh, I'm, th- I'm thinking of uh, Rosanna. Yes, you are. Um, Joanna is cool in the gang. Exactly. <laughs> Rosanna, Joanna, Rosanna, <laughs> jo- yeah. Rosanna, Rosanna, Joanna, Dana. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to get all these. In fact, I am. I'm going to I'm going to wager Don't. that you are going to get 100 percent on this one. OK, who released the song Blue Jean in 1984? Well, Blue Jean is David Bowie. You're very good. Who had it in 1983 with the song Let's Dance? <laughs> this same. I'm not even looking at the answers to this. <laughs> the album Purple Rain was released by which artist? That would be Prince. Which song by the group Blondie contains the phrase, I'm going to be your number one? Uh, uh, the tide is high. <laughs> yep. Tide is high. I'm sorry. I don't recognize but, that. But, uh, please don't. <laughs> um, oh, was, you know, here's something I did not know. Cover song. First recorded by Jamaican reggae band, The Paragons. The tide is high? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. More, more reggae though, right? Yeah. You can hear this as a reggae song for sure. Oh, yeah. I can't hear 
Red Red Wine as a oh. non-reggae song. The Tide is High is a 1967 single, much like Red Red Wine was also 1967. We're all tying this together. Yeah. Crazy, right? Wow, there's a lot of interconnectivity here today. Ah, fun, fun, fun. Okay, keep going. What was the name of the album released by Fleetwood Mac in 1982? 82, that would be Mirage. Very good. Very good. In which year did Madonna release the album True Blue? Uh, True Blue, baby, I love you. Uh, Wait, wait, no, 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 no. Don't. Hold on. (laughs) Uh, It was 85. Ooh. Wait, wait, wait. Because, oh, Can I, guess I give I you the choices? Wait. Yeah, Like a Virgin was 83, and then True Blue was number was the third one. So was it 84? It couldn't, or 86? Yes. Oh. 86. All right. So I'm going to give you full credit for that because I didn't even give you the choices. No, by, uh, doesn't, okay. Yep. So, oh, because you want to make Because I want to win. Yeah, I guess. No. Because <laughs> you, you ultimately landed on it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I had 10 choices. <laughs> Okay, who was responsible for playing keyboards in the group Duran Duran in the 1980s? That was Nick Rhodes. Very good. Who had a hit in 1983 with the song Flashdance? What a feeling. I was Irene Cara. Didn't we have... Didn't, when, we did, did we have talk? a Flashdance. Oh, because we were talking uh, last week, we talked about uh, number one hits. Oh, Dance right. hits. And that was a parenthesis song. Oh, no, ellipsis. Ellipsis, Flashdance, yeah. dot, dot, dot. What a feeling. What a feeling. <laughs> Who released the song Hard Habit to Break in 1984? Oh, that was uh, Chicago. See, I win. Oh, okay. (laughs) You got them all. (laughs) Nice. Okay, so uh, let's wrap this up. Already? Yes. um, Again, we have a website. We have a website. And we will be putting together a, it'll probably initially be a monthly. Yeah. Initially, monthly, maybe weekly, but we'll put in fun 80s facts and, uh, Little little blurbs and uh, whatever's going on in the world of uh, '80s music. Maybe a little backward masking. Whatever you, whatever it <laughs> takes. Uh, it'll be it'll be nice. It'll be a quick. Uh, you'll you'll look through it and put a smile on your face. So please sign up at our website, which is wddimpodcast.com. Yes, and that's that keyword is perfect for. Also, uh, you can use that for Twitter, right? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, well, or you could just type in what difference does it make? Because you want to know what difference it makes. Okay. <laughs> but our WDDIM podcast is where you can find us on all social media platforms. Yes, is that correct? That is correct, Dave. I, I love that. Okay. Because I'm trying to make it easy for you. And there I don't you, think that explanation was very easy. I, I try. Hopefully I you'll go, clean it up in, in post. A circle. But yes, WDDIM podcast for all your social media needs. <laughs> Okay, so until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 